Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this message to save America, stop socialism, and stop China. Stay the fly, we honor thee from life to death. Doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere. Because there's no one like you left. What do we want? Justice! When do we want it? I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. Sometimes, that is better. Are demons getting you down? I'm Jeremy Irvine. And I'm Daniel Barnes. And we're mediums. That's right. We can locate demons and ghosts with the power of our brains and drive them out of your home at a fraction of the cost of our competitors. So don't bother with overpriced Ghostbusters. Go with... Welcome to another edition of Horror Hookups on Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, Horror Hookups are special interviews with people from all over the spooky industry. Authors, directors, actors, paranormal investigators, hey, even Sasquatch hunters. We've literally had them all. Uh, Today we welcome back the writer-director, Tim O'Leary, and for the first time, the star, or one of the stars, Robert Rice of Demon Hunter. In the new web series on Here TV, best friends Daniel and Jeremy are mediums, meaning they can sense the presence of and communicate with supernatural entities. Struggling in a gig economy, they put their talents to use and create a business called Demon Hunter, where people can hire them to vanquish whatever forces of darkness may be harassing them. Tim, Robert, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having us. I had such a great time hooking up with you guys last time. I had to bring my husband around. Yeah. (laughs) We're we're, we're always in in for, you know, uh, love and numbers. You know what I mean? A little four-way. Absolutely. This is good. Um, So so Tim, Robert, you know, like Andrew said, thanks for coming back to the show. Um, and, And congratulations on your show. You know, we know that this has been a labor of love for you and for for everyone involved in it. Um, you know, I know as somebody who used to create, you know, theater, it's, it's not just like a one person gig here. It's, it's a collaboration of, of so many people and so many talents, um, let alone finishing this during a global fucking pandemic. So (laughs) I'm wondering, you know, look, we we don't need to, you know, belabor the point. Everyone's tired of hearing of this goddamn thing, but Mm. tell us a little bit about just right off the bat, what was it like? producing, directing this uh, in, in the midst of something as awful as COVID-19 has been. Yeah, it's it's so funny. It's one of those things where it's like Demon Hunter is the first um, major project that I directed, that I helmed. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate that there will always be that COVID-19 connection to it because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh God, we're so over this. But um, it, it was an interesting thing. We started, we crowdfunded in the uh, spring, no, sorry, the summer of 2019, and we filmed in the fall of 2019, and then that spilled over a little bit into early 2020. And so um, the the 
fact of the matter is we did lose an episode to uh, to COVID. We were supposed mm-hmm. to have six episodes in the first season. We ended up having to do five because um, uh, in March of 2020, everything shut down. Uh, but fortunately, we had enough footage from episode six that we were able to fold that into episode five. And then it's we have a, a true season finale. But I'm bummed because we like, you know, there's like a big brawl at the end of, of episode six. And there were eight people in a fight and stuff. It was really cool. And we had done all the rehearsals for it. But um but yeah, then once we got into post-production, uh, that was it done entirely remotely. Uh, literally, Rob and I would drive to our editor's house. And our editor is this uh, fantastic uh, uh, editor named Jill Rivera. We would drive to her house, put the hard drive with all the you know footage of the show on her front porch, go back to our cars, text oh her God. that we're there. She would come out to, you know, take the hard drive, wave at us. And then we would wave back and then, you know, huh. and so everything was done so remotely and post-production is always a slow process. And it's also always feels like you're never going to get out of it. But then having to do that through a pandemic was was rough yeah. <laughs> so the fact yeah. that it's out there now feels great <laughs> yeah dealing with everyone's like mental health and oh, God, decline yeah. <laughs> that yeah. we were all experiencing you know um, just, just just one quick follow-up question if i could just thinking about the editing um because sure. our, our listeners are always interested in how things are made mm-hmm. you know if, if if the pandemic if this hadn't been the case right would you have been in the room more with her you know yeah. during the editing normally i would um you know, I, I, normally I would be in the room. What I like to do, my, my directing style has always been, you know, hire great people and then get the fuck out of their way and let them do their jobs and not, you know, try to, yeah. Um, because the other thing is like, you know, you, you hire experts for a reason. They know what they're doing. I don't know how to edit, but as a, as a director, you do want to be there, especially like in the later part of it, just to make sure like, okay, well, let's like tighten this, this joke up. Let's make sure that we get this uh, footage. Um, just to sort of make sure it looks, you know, like, like what I, what I'm hoping it looks like. But um, yeah, so that part was really, you know, it, it took a lot longer because rather than just being in the room and saying like, okay, well, let's just cut this, um, you know, let's just cut the shot one second sooner. It would have to all be done remotely via email. Mm -hmm. So that slowed the process down quite a bit really to the point where I, I, I remember just telling Rob one day, I was like, this, we're never going to finish this. This is like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It was yeah, that feeling sure. like we yeah. raised so much money. So much of our friends and family gave us their money to make this. We had our actors do it. We, you know, we risked life and limb and fight scenes and now like nothing's going to come of it. But then, you know, slowly but surely we got there. And then once the first episode was out, I was like, great, we have a first episode, but that's it. We're not going to get the rest of them, you know, (laughs) one at a time. We slowly got them. So, yeah, Yeah. I I think the pandemic made us all a little more pessimistic about things. So, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so (laughs) (laughs) um, so knowing like we had you on last. I I just listened to the episode yesterday. We had you on in 2019, June Mm -hmm. of 2019. You guys were fresh into crowdfunding and pre-production and getting everything going. Speed yeah. forward to now, it is actually on a streaming platform that anyone can get to between Air TV and Amazon. How how are you feeling right now? Just like about that. It's it's so like it's so great. It's uh, I feel good. There, that's the answer. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's surreal, honestly. Yeah. Like, like I just I mean, we we always 
believed in the project. You know, we were always hoping it would have a home somewhere, but there was also a part of us who were like, well, maybe, you know, we'll just make this and people will see and be like, oh, that's cool. They, they're competent. <laughs> maybe we'll yeah. give them an opportunity to make something else. But just the fact that, you know, your TV saw it, um, we're like, yeah, no, we really want to like distribute this. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we're like, really? As is? Awesome. (laughs) So that was just like a really great feeling. Yeah, it was. Um, And it was, it was, it was awesome because we, uh, we had a premiere at, um, well, not, well, it's, it's West Coast premiere, I should say. It was at uh, Cinema Diverse. It was in a few um, film festivals before we landed on here. And David Milburn, who is the um, head of development at here TV was, was there. And so we got to meet him before the, the showing and I think I talked to you guys about this last time I was on, but like one of the things that really inspired me to get into filmmaking was Dante's Cove on here TV. Cause I was like, it was, you know, steamy gay version of Buffy. And um, you might notice that someone could also describe Demon Hunter as a steamy gay version of Buffy. Um, so it, it feels very full circle. And I was mm-hmm. telling Rob as we're, we're in Palm Springs right now, we live in LA, but as we were driving here, I'm like, if you had told me when I was 24, that I would be emailing David and, you know, on our way to Palm Springs that, you know, and we were, we're going to like meet up with him and have a drink later. And it's just like that, you know, that I'd be just casually emailing the head of development of your TV. It would be so wild. Like it's such a bizarre thing, Mm -hmm. you know? And then also you would have to explain to a 24 year old Tim, like, Oh yeah, you can email from your phone. (laughs) 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 And also you're married to a man legally in every state. It's crazy. The future's great. (laughs) So much has changed. Yeah. (laughs) It is crazy how things change. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, you know, so so look, a lot of our listeners, uh, well, at least some of them, have not had a chance to, to watch the whole show yet, uh, or maybe even they haven't, you know, found out about this amazing thing. Um, so t- tell us a little bit. Don't don't give any spoilers or anything. But we, what what's going on? What's the universe? Tell us about it. Do you want to answer that? No, I think you should answer that. I mean, you, it's your well, I don't know. Brainchild. I just wrote it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, uh, Demon Hunter is, uh, I mean, you gave a great um, explanation of it earlier, but it's about these two guys, one is gay and one is straight, and they both have um, the same uh, gift, which is at their medium, so they can sort of sniff out the presence of um, any supernatural creatures. And, uh, you know, it, it takes place in a vaguely alternate universe where uh, monsters are real and the general public knows that mo- that monsters are real. So they, uh, the two guys, uh, Jeremy and Daniel. Uh, and Daniel uh, set up an app where people can hire them and then they come to their homes and, you know, kick the shit out of the monsters yeah. that are there. Um, and it starts, there's five episodes in the first season and it starts as very much a monster of the week kind of procedural. And as it goes on, um, it gets more um, serialized. So storylines mm-hmm. uh, bleed through from one episode to the next. And it's, you know, very much a send up of like 90s era, yeah, um, sure. you know, genre programming, which is fun. We've had people say, oh, it reminds me of Buffy. Some people say like Charmed and stuff. I'm right. like, oh, and I, all of those are correct. <laughs> <laughs> everything, everything is in, the inspiration. Right, 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 right. down to the credits. <laughs> yeah. I know for a truly, a truly dated um, comp, we could say that it's Buffy meets Queers Folk. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess we'll have to come up with something that, you know, is from the current era <laughs> to describe it. <laughs> I, I did love the uh, return of the opening credits. That was a uh, a welcomed inclusion for me because I, I miss those things, you know, the, where me we see too. the cast and everything. Yes, me too. And like, I really, really wanted that. And I, I also wanted like uh, an over the top electric guitar riff 
theme song. It's great. Go I gotta that. be honest. I was like humming it later in the day. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's this great, he, he goes by Thorns, which is his um, stage name, but there's this great guy, uh, and I'm going to rip his mask off and say his name as well, um, who was our composer. He was a friend of a friend. And um, he said, okay, well, what are you looking for? Because I knew he, he was really a great composer, but specifically for electric guitar. And I said, okay, well, you're too young to know what this is. But there was a show called Buffy that was really formative for a lot of game at my age. <laughs> and um, I sent him the opening credits uh, to give him an idea. And he's like, oh, okay. And so he kind of like tinkered around with it. And he sent me one, ver- like, like, you know, he's like, what do you think about this? And we can go from there. And he sent me this, you know, clip of the music. And I was like, we don't have to go anywhere. That's perfect. He literally <laughs> nailed it on, on the, the very first, first try. Yeah. And that is what we have in our opening credits. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So, it's yeah. catchy. So, yeah. Yes. Um, so I know that when last time we talked to you, it was very important to have inclusion on this show, not only from a sexuality spectrum, but also from, you know, different kinds of people, different, you know, looks of people. And it, what was that casting process like for you? How did you kind of go about doing that? Uh, well, we saw everyone in town, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> everyone who was willing to do, uh, you know, a low budget union project. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that that's interesting that you, because uh, something about casting that I think people may not realize is that like, you know, in order to like do casting, you have to like create a breakdown, which is... Um, goes on sites and there's a site called like actors access and LA casting, which is super boring, but that's like where actors and their, and their rep find uh, breakdowns for projects and breakdowns include like descriptions of characters, the project, you know, the, the, the creative team and pay and all that stuff. Right. And one thing that is kind of important for, especially for people of color and working in this industry and people who are just anybody who's marginalized is like, if they see a role that says, you know, Daniel, 30s any ethnicity they a lot of times they hesitate to submit because they're like well they're just going to pick a white person because it says any ethnicity but so we actually made a point to be like daniel asian american or like quinn asian american and like but just just kind of picked yeah like that wasn't necessarily like definitely what we were going to do but we just picked like something and, and we're very specific and we've had a lot of actors say i submitted specifically because you said you wanted an Asian American actor and I knew, okay, I know you'll pick one. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so like, that was a big part of the process, like, especially Quinn. Um, the actress, Well, yeah. Uh, Kara Mitsuko told me that um, what made her want to audition for it was she saw it's like, okay, breakdown was for an Asian American woman. And she said, as you can imagine, when you're an Asian American woman and you see like, okay, they're looking for an Asian American woman. you you kind of like bite your lip, like, Oh Jesus, what the fuck are they going to be like? You know, what kind of stereotypical nonsense are they going to ask for? And oh, then she course, saw, yeah. yeah. And then she saw like, she's a stoner and a private eye and a lesbian and kind of doesn't have her shit together and is in love or sort of in love with like her old girlfriend. But then she hooks up with the genie. What the fuck is this? Yeah. I want to audition for this. Sure. And she just said it was just so weird that she had never seen a breakdown like that specifically for mm-hmm. somebody that looks like her. And so yeah. she's like, okay, this actually sounds like a really fun project. And yeah, that actually that nice. episode where she accidentally summons a genie from a <laughs> from a bong that she got in a yard sale was probably one of my favorites. So. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that one. I, too. You know, it's funny because that's the only episode that I didn't write, and it's my <laughs> it is actually, but it is actually like one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, it's really fun. Quinn is one of my favorite characters. Kara brought such interesting notes to her 
she was a much more kind of stereotypical stoner character. And then we cast Kara and she was just, she just brought so much life to that character that like, she really did transcend what, um, what was on the page. Mm-hmm. And I can say that because I didn't write the episode, <laughs> <laughs> but that episode was written by Zach Nickham, my co-writer who's fantastic. And Zach is actually the, um, incubus in the third episode. So he's got it. Stuntman slash actor slash writer slash producer. Yeah. yeah. F- f- follow up question on, on the casting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, look, we, we got a lot of gay people listen to the damn show. Um, <laughs> and and I, I know that a lot of people have been thinking about this for the past couple of years. And, you know, it's it started to become, uh, I think, more of a, of, of a legitimate debate in um, in, in the, the film community and, and in the theater community for that matter, too, um, is, you know, did do you cast gay people for gay roles? Do you cast trans people for trans roles? What, what was that like in, in casting sexuality? Well, that was an interesting tech, not technique, but uh, it was an interesting, um, I'm trying to think of how to describe this. Mm. For one thing, you, you can't legally ask an actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, sure. Are you gay? Blah, blah, yeah. blah, you know, that, and, and it's also kind of like a weird tone to start. I just with, ask like, everybody that. That's well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, we just go on, like we see them, they come in for the audition, of they course, leave yeah. the room, we open, we grinder, we look at it, see if we can find their profile. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, harder with the women, but <laughs> um, are you saying grinder is not gender inclusive? Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it was something that we we were hoping to have uh, a lot of queer people in um, the cast. Yeah, uh, that uh, what we got was a good mix. But I will say, on the first um, uh, the first weekend of shooting, one, there was just this magical moment where I looked around and I realized that. Um, of everyone that was on set cast crew in front of the camera, behind the camera, there was not a single straight white man anywhere to be found, which is wild because it's like, even in 2022, straight white men do dominate Hollywood and independent film. So they're everywhere. And it wasn't even like we did that on purpose with the crew. It just kind of happened. Like, you know, everybody that we hired, we're like, Oh my God, literally everyone is a woman, a person of color or part of the LGBT community or often multiple, multiple things in in that, in those categories. Um, And uh, yeah, so it was, you know, I knew just being a gay man myself that we would have a a set where people would feel comfortable being who they are and and expressing their queerness. Mm -hmm. But um, it's always nice when you, you, you see kind of the whole queer family there and we had gay men, we had bi men, we had trans people, we had Mm -hmm. gay women, we had bi women, you know, we had a a few straight white guys slipped in when we weren't looking later on, but (laughs) but we just chased them out with a broom, like get out of here. Um, It's, it's, it's it's really good to hear. And look, here's some commentary. Uh, Maddie's giving commentary again. Um, But the, the, the commentary is that, you know, you said straight white guys still dominate Hollywood. Straight people dominate everything still. Well, sure. I I, I think that people forget because, you know, we live in, in the world of social media where everything is amplified just because you fucking see it. But we really do forget that straight people dominate so so goddamn much. It's it's fun to to to, to I don't know defeat them a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, another question here that I think kind of follows along with it is is you know Demon Hunter it it doesn't shy away from nudity, but mm-hmm. you know let's talk about full frontal male nudity. Now you you know you, you tease this in in the interview that we had back in 2019. 
but let's talk about it. You know, I, I, nudity is uh, look, nudity is fun. N- nudity, nudity is is titillating. But you know, you're you're a, a filmmaker. You're I, I would assume that you're an intentional person. You're not just putting it in there for you know whatever. So mm-hmm. tell us about that. T- tell us about choosing to do nudity number one. Um, and, and what it was like to write that in there and, and how you do it, uh, you know, yeah, in a fun way, but like in a responsible way too. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's interesting. You're, you're the first people to ask me about the nudity in Demon Hunter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody, everybody wants to talk about the dicks. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's, it, so the impetus initially was I, you know, I'm a, I'm a gentleman of a certain age and uh, I grew up on in my like horror introductions. Well, my horror introduction was Scream, yeah. but then then quickly after that, I got very much into like the '80s slasher movies. I went back to the source, you know. And um, there is tons and tons and tons of exploitative female nudity, um, and zero male nudity. Hmm. And so I wanted to kind of like you know, in our own small, low budget web series way, kind of balance the scales a little bit of what we're seeing. I wanted something that would be kind of a little shocking and a little memorable and something that you kind of don't see everywhere. And for some reason, you know, half of the planet has one, but penises are still unbelievably taboo. And every time there's a nude scene in any like new HBO show or Netflix show or whatever, everyone's talking about it when it's a, when it's a male nude scene, every time a a actor of note goes full frontal, there's endless, you know, uh, articles about it that pop up. And so, you know, what we want to do with demon hunters, like, let's kind of make fun of that a little bit, you know, Mm. when people, when people are so, um, kind of still clutching their pearls about seeing a penis. We're like, well, let's show them a lot of penises, you know? And then like, I think once you get, once you get like kind of past maybe episode one or two, and then you're like, oh, there's, there's a lot of nudity. And it kind of becomes a little less shocking and a little bit more of just the fabric of the world. Um, And, you know, hopefully people will realize that it's not that big a deal. And by the, um, you know, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but by the end of episode five, which is our season finale, we have a little um, post-credit scene where we set up the villains for season two and they're just hanging out completely naked. And I think by then people are like, oh, it's Demon Hunter. People are naked in this universe. Yeah. Um, And it's not, it's not sexual. They're just, you know, literally like sunbathing. sunbathing. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, and in terms of like, you know, making sure that the actors were comfortable, um, it's, you know, very standard procedure, which is that we would close the set. Uh, the actors would, you know, have robes on until the moment that they needed to have the robes off for the scene. If the scene has nudity, but the particular shot is from the waist up or what have you, then the actors were wearing like, you know, shorts and and stuff and, and jeans and everything. I was like, you can wear whatever you want. You can wear, you know snow pants down there if, if you want. Um, yeah. And so like the, basically the, the key is just minimizing the time that actors are actually naked on set, yeah. um, having as few people around as possible. So it's not like, you know, gawkers or anything are around. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, all the actors that we worked with were such professionals that they're for them. It was not a big deal. They're like, yeah, right. sure. You know, and also, you know, really choreographing um, any sort of scenes that involve nudity or intimacy. Right. Sure. You know, as if they were a fight scene, you know. Exactly. Let's just make sure everybody's safe and comfortable. And, um, yeah. you know, there's safe words, literally. And, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is that, like, 
you know, that was something that I worked with, with all the actors beforehand. I was like, look, you have the the power of the timeout. So at any moment, if you feel uncomfortable, if we're rolling or whatever, just let me know and we'll stop rolling and don't feel like you can't do that. Don't feel bad. Don't feel like you're wasting time or you're wasting money or anything like that. And, you know, and, and so all of the scenes with nudity were shot pretty quickly. And, you know, if we got it on the first take, then we then we got it and we didn't have to like keep doing it just for the sake of, you know, getting like extra footage just in case as we would, if, you know, it were sure. any other type of scene. Um, no, yeah. No, what, what about stunts? You know, are, are you, you're doing, you know, these dick swinging stunts. I mean, what, what, what's that process like? Um, how, how did your actors navigate that? You know, you said earlier, you know, you risked life and limb to do a lot of these scenes. Um, t- tell us about that. Well, I, I have a background in um, fight choreography and uh, I really wanted to bring that element to um to the show. And so we, we basically, we had a lot of rehearsals and the actors, as you, as I'm sure you guys may have noticed are in incredible physical shape, but they are not professional stunt people. Um, so for what we did for the first scene or the first episode was we got, uh, two stunt people for them to fight. So the two people in the, um, demon outfits, not outfits, cause they didn't really wear a lot, but the, um, the demon makeups are, are both uh, stunt people, Hector Milkoza and Andy Norris. And, um, yeah. And we just, you know, worked with them. And, uh, and then we had, uh, my friend, Chris Chan, who's a stunt coordinator who came in just to make sure everybody was safe. But we started, um, fight rehearsals a month before we started normal acting rehearsals. Mm-hmm. So, uh, especially what was important is that, um, Tamario and, uh, Edmund who played the leads, they were in the gym, you know, throwing each other around, throwing stunt people around for a good long while. And, mm-hmm. What happens is like when you are really pushing yourself physically and you're going through all these motions, you are, are exhausted all the time. That's really when a lot of bonding happens. So they got to be really good friends through that process. Sure. And so then when we started, you know, when we started the actual filming, they looked like they had been friends for years, which was exactly what we needed. Their mm. chemistry was there. They had a yeah. shorthand where they could talk to each other. Right. So, you know, they were very believable as lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But one of them almost died <laughs> oh no yeah because yeah. he thing didn't is, know it but no you, he didn't know it but yeah there was when in the fight scene in episode three when they're fighting the incubus it was tomorrow right yeah okay there's just this one moment where the incubus tackles tomorrow and he falls back on a um on a mat and uh you know that and they had rehearsed that many many times and it had been done safely <clears throat> but wow. he was his his placement was a little off on one take and he fell back you know they did the tackle and he fell backwards but his head missed the corner of a desk oh by about oh three inches yeah it was oh, and like literally everyone watching just went oh, like that Christ. and he had no idea so yeah i never nobody told tell him, him. So <laughs> i was gonna say i'm not gonna tell him to listen to this interview because then he'll find out that i almost killed him well you know i i mean i i bet that you know actors you know i mean especially out in california that people are, are are probably becoming extremely i mean they always were I, I would hope but they're probably becoming extremely hyper aware of this after the the gun incident on whatever that yeah. show is called with uh yeah. with, with, Alec with baldwin. Alec baldwin i mean yeah. people have to keep this in their heads now my goodness oh yeah yeah i'm glad he's okay 
Yeah, yes, uh, me too. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was, it was one of those things where my life flashed before my oh eyes my when I, I saw that happen. Oh my goodness hand. gracious. Yeah. <laughs> and now, uh, Robert, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, I particularly liked your portrayal as kind of this like goth for hire. Um, <laughs> and I, the, the costume was just so over the top. I think there's even a moment where one of the actors kind of reacts to you walking into the room with like a, a startled glance and it's yeah. like, whoa, what's going on? Oh, I forgot you dress up like this for your job. Was right. that something that you integrated into the character or was that written kind of into the show? Uh, no, I well, I mean, the character doing like that sort of performative like medium work was written in, but I, Tim and I talked about it and I really, really wanted to have like an absurd outfit. <laughs> and that's actually what we kind of came to we, the conclusion yeah, to do. Yeah, we looked at like pictures of Alice Cooper and Kiss and yeah. like Chris Angel and all that, you yeah. know, kind of stuff. It was and, just like really feeling like I wanted him to be like kind of dr- like sort of in medium drag, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> basically. And I was like, that just seems fun. And I mean, it was fun. It was super fun to be in that outfit. It just felt like kind of like fun and freeing. Getting into the makeup took, uh, you know, quite some time um, <laughs> just because, you know, my face was stark white <laughs> um but uh yeah it was a blast and like i i yeah i sort of begged <laughs> to, to to be able to have that kind of an outfit for it, it and didn't you say like the first time that when we were doing the tests for it and you're like that's when you had that moment where you made the character choice where harold really loves the drag yeah like yes. really kind of lives for it yes yeah and that takes a lot of joy in, in, in getting dressed getting up like ready that. for work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> getting ready to con people. <laughs> so we, we really enjoyed the, the inclusion of, of some demons that we had not seen portrayed a ton in popular television. What was the, hmm. the, the driving force for including those? Yeah. So um, when Zach and I were breaking the, the first season, What's something that I really wanted to do? I think I told you guys when I was here last time. I'm I'm a huge nerd when it comes to mythology, and like my first fandom as a little kid, like a five year old, was my parents got me um, a couple books about Greek mythology, so mm-hmm. I became obsessed with that, and and that you know led to interest in other world mythology. And I was like, there is a, a literally limitless pool of monsters from world mythology that people rarely use. And God knows we've seen vampires, zombies, and werewolves enough. <laughs> like We've seen those in enough projects. And also, those can be re- relatively expensive and we're on a you know, yeah, very sure. good budget. Yeah. Um, and so we were like, yeah, I, re- I really wanted to you know, just look through. And I have a great encyclopedia of creatures for like a world mythology bestiary, which I love just kind of like reading for fun. And um, uh, yeah, so we were like, okay, well, let's get something that we don't usually see before let's use sirens let's use an incubus because the other thing is like even with an incubus people didn't even know that an incubus was a thing they had heard of a succubus but they didn't know that there was a male version of it um you know and then with the titans and uh, in the episode we lost we had a golem from uh, jewish folklore so it's just like we had you know i know i was so bummed and my friend jonathan was like pl- gonna play that role and he we actually do have a lot of footage of him and he's so awesome and i it's like the worst thing in the world that we can't 
Yeah, but hopefully we'll be able to do it for um, season two. Yeah, if we're lucky enough to get a season two. (laughs) Yeah. So we did notice, you know, obviously when we brought you on, you were crowdfunding. We contributed to the project, and we were in the credits. So we just wanted to say thank you so much for including us in the credits. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Thank you. Seriously, there for a reason. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So you know, speaking of the credits too, uh, you 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 have an in memoriam in the credits. Mm Uh, you know, tell us about, if, if you don't mind, tell us about uh, those people. Tell us what they meant to you in this process. Well, uh, Mary Lisa Rice is my mother. Uh, she passed away last year um, so sorry. at the end of July. Thank you. Um, and, you know, she, I mean, not to go too deep into it, but like it wasn't COVID related. It was something mm. else. But, um, but yeah, it was a little unexpected. Um, and, you know, she was always a huge supporter, even though she didn't understand why the hell I wanted to do this with my life. <laughs> um, but, you know, but she was very supportive and like, you know, they donated to Demon Hunter and they were like so excited. And so like, you know, we wanted to make sure that, you know, she and then uh, Wayne and Liz, Liz were honored. Like, Wayne and Liz were, were both mm. um Tim had known both of them for quite some time uh, yeah. through After Elton, right? Yeah, I, I was a writer on the now defunct uh, website After Elton um, that uh, Michael Jensen and Brenton Hardinger started, um, mm. and uh, you know it was a great community. It was it was a great sort of gay uh, online community, and uh, unfortunately, two of the friends that I made through that, Liz and Wayne, um, passed away pretty close to each other. Yeah, um, yeah, mm. and during the process, and they both. You know, they were both big um, supporters of me and Rob, and they yeah. you know, donated. They, donated. they like, were so excited about Demon Hunter. I talked to them about it a lot. They would ask me questions a lot. Yeah. And it's pretty heartbreaking that they're not here to see it. But, sure. um, you know, unfortunately, sometimes that's how. I, I, I would imagine that art is a, is a way to, I don't know, maybe find your way through grief a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's I think we were just we were happy that you were able to honor you know those people that were close to you in a, in a in a particular way with your with your piece. So I thought that that was, I just noticed it and I wanted to you know make sure that we call out those special people that we've lost in the weird time that we're in. Yeah. I but um, it. I do have a bone to pick with you, oh. Mr. Oh. O'Leary. Um, Jesus, Andrew, I, I didn't even oh. know about this bone who got to pick. There, there, Jeez. there is First a work. handful. <laughs> of in-credit sequences, a Marvel style and all. <laughs> so what does this mean for the future of Demon Hunter? And how do those, without giving too much away, maybe mm-hmm. how do those play into your plans for future episodes? Well, we uh, we we did shamelessly rip off the, the Marvel uh, yeah. approach of saying, please don't forget about the show because we have some other things happening. Um yeah, you know, we it was always part of um, the idea that when Harold kills the Incubus in episode three, oh, this is such a spoiler, um, that, so if you haven't watched it, stop listening, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, that the Incubus doesn't, doesn't completely die. Um, we also have uh, the, the character of Uncle Roy that, that Rob has a conversation with in episode three, which sort of feels like a throwaway scene he's actually a much larger character. Um, uh, and then of course there are the three Titans, the gray, the gray brothers, even though mythologically they're the gray sisters um, who sort of show up at the end and they have a conversation. This I won't spoil, but they have a conversation with the main villain of episode five, who is a, well, I'm not even going to say what he is, but he's played by a very well-known yeah. actor. So 
Gosh, it's hard to say things without spoiling. I know. Yes, yes. Well, as a, as what, of this interview, all lives. of the episodes will all the episodes will be out. So, oh right, oh, okay, okay. Good, 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 good. Yes, but yeah. So you know, and then after that, um, we would love to do a season two, but uh, I, I guess we have to kind of see what happens. You know, yeah. nothing is guaranteed. Nothing's <clears throat> uh, nothing's set in stone. So it, hopefully, people will be watching it enough that uh, it will it will mm. earn a, a second season. <laughs> Well, we hope so, too. Uh, Folks out there listening, all episodes of Demon Hunter are available as of today, right now, on Here TV. Or you can rent the episodes on Amazon. Make sure to tune in. And most importantly, leave a damn review so they can get seen by people. Support the things that you watch, for God's sake. Um, (laughs) Tim, Rob, it's been a joy having you. Andrew, it's been a joy having you, too. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. Uh, so folks, as always, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being with us. We love you all. Hope you're staying safe out there. And we encourage you to come with us and get, get slayed. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.